You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 221. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 221. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. It's a big day for a lot of reasons. Well, first of all, if you guys are listening to this the day that it airs, which is September 18th, I am getting my septum pierced today. (laughs) That's so funny. It's a big... Totally getting my septum pierced. (laughs) Why do you say it like that? I don't know. It just (laughs) sounds like a valley thing. I'm really excited about it. And I know you're kind of on the fence. Andrea was kind of on the fence. I'm a little on the fence. But I showed her a picture of what the type of jewelry I want to wear. And she was like, oh, okay. I'm totally on board with that. So. Well, I'm glad she's on board. Now I just need your buy-in. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see how this all it's goes. It's also a big day for a lot of other reasons. Hey, what's that? Well, first of all, it's a podcast day. Well, Duh. Of course. So today we have an awesome topic for you that I think will really hit home for a lot of people. And it's all about the stories that we tell. And if you've hung out in the personal development space at all, I'm sure you've heard this sort of a concept before of like, you're totally making that up. You're making up a story. Yeah. That's not the truth. I'm going to give you four specific ways that we tend to do that really, really frequently Mm. and what to do in each of those instances. There's a very strong chance you're going to listen to it and be like, oh my God, that's me. I totally do that. Absolutely. I want you to be thinking about which one of these really hits home and then deciding that you for sure want to use these particular tools and make it a point to employ them. Okay. So that's another big awesomeness about today. But if you guys hung out with me last week on my live workshop, which was killer, I announced that registration was open for my absolute lowest cost class I ever launch, which is – Excuse me, your badass badass is showing. (laughs) And this is the self-love edition. It has been probably my most popular class to date because it's awesome if you want to just kind of ease into personal development because it's it's three weeks long. So it's not like you're committing to months the way you do with the tribe. The tribe is the tribe is the deep, deep, deep dive. This one is a great way to jump into personal development if you're new to the personal day. And yeah. or also do a little maintenance. Exactly. A little touch up. Like a great little refresher if you've fallen off the wagon. Because it's it's built in accountability. It's the difference yeah. between, you know, oh, okay, let me hire this personal trainer and then you make sure you get your ass to the gym versus let me just buy this video series online and then it just mm-hmm. sits there. Because mm-hmm. there's no accountability mm-hmm. or structure. You know who you are out there. Right. (laughs) We'll talk a lot about that throughout our podcast today, but what you need to know is the early bird price is going on right now, and through this Thursday, the 20th, 
or excuse me, the uh, Wednesday, the 20th, you can get an additional forgiveness bonus module. It's brand new. I just created it a few months ago. And it's all about relinquishing your attachment to the past. Mm. So if as we're going through today and you're noticing that you do make up a lot of stories about who you were in the past or how your past is shaping you because you haven't been able to let go of certain things and haven't been able to forgive yourself, you will want to get your hands on this bonus module. Plus, so is it the forgive me your badass is showing? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Just make sure. No, it's excuse me your badass is showing self. Excuse me. <laughs> your balls are showing. Your balls are showing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're badass. Oh, you're badass. Yeah. But yeah, totally so different. I've decided that this this is actually going to be the last class that I offer in 2017, and I will not be offering it again as a live version. It will only be available as home study. And you can still get in on it and get the early bird price so you can do the entire course for less than the cost of a night out. And if you jump in by Wednesday, you get the forgiveness bonus as well. Mm, We'll talk more about it. But if you're interested, all you have to do is check out the show notes page here for this episode or go to thejoyjunkie.com slash excuse me, all one word. And you can read all about past experiences and what other students have said. And it's really kind of broken up into three major pieces that people want to work on. First week is all mind games. So we go crazy pulling apart the inner critic and all of that nonsense. Week two is self-love and self-worth. Untangling some of that forgiveness element and... This is one of my favorite, favorite tools that I give in this particular module. And so I can't, can't tell you because yeah. it's, it's a secret. And then secret. We, <laughs> week three, we go into people pleasing and comparison to that's others. Hello. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge one. So we'll talk about that a little bit more throughout the day. But yeah, so those are the reasons why I'm pumped the fuck up. Septum Piercing, awesome podcast. Excuse me, your badass is showing self-love. And I would you rather. And it's time for... (laughs) Would you rather... Yes. Today's would you rather is quick and easy. Would you rather have to skip everywhere or hopscotch everywhere? Remember hopscotch? Remember that? Yeah, remember that? Remember that? that? Okay, so so hopscotch, I could just like be, I'd bounce back and forth between one leg and And two two legs, like in somewhat of a pattern. Sure. That was extremely fun for me. Okay, or pick up jacks. Oh, right. you have to pick up things. No, I'm just. Oh, okay. But that's what that was part of hopscotch. Because then I was like, I'm out because you have to put rocks down or something. You, I think you top. Don't you? You toss something like you ha- you couldn't step on that one, but you had to pick up somebody else's. I don't remember I the rules. I can't remember. I don't remember. If you guys know, tell us in after hours. Probably have some different rules by different people, I'm sure. I'm sure. That'll be really interesting. That will be interesting. If you didn't know, you can also find the link for my private Facebook group. It's called The Joy Junkie After Hours, and we have tons of awesome conversation over there. Yes, we do. And it's really cool to kind of connect and grow, and we I do a bunch of bonuses. And, by the way... There may be a coupon code for 25 bucks off oh. of excuse me self love in after hours. So we need like instead of a free shirt alert, we need like a, a discount alert. I know we need to we need to do something that's <laughs> like rolling back prices, rolling, 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 or something like Sunday, that. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. 
<laughs> yeah. So if you want to join us over in After Hours, all you have to do is find the link in the show notes page or go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you over there. And then you can always grab your coupon code so that you can save a little moolah on this class. Cool. So, all right, Miss Promo, you didn't answer the question. Oh, shit. That's right. Would you rather? Um, <laughs> I just trying to make sure I don't leave anyone hanging and not tell them where to go to get, get their goodies. And then skipping, though, is like just kind of skip together, yeah. skip to, step together, yeah. step. Step together, step. Step, step together, together, step. step. <laughs> I just don't know. Like skipping to me feels more like freestyle. Oh, like it Like you does. can just do it how you do it. It doesn't take any added coordination. But hopscotch requires you to kind of follow a pattern of, you know, stepping once, stepping twice, you know. Yeah. So, like, if you're if you're like really tired and you're skipping, you're just like, yeah. That'd be funny though. We all had to either skip or hopscotch wherever we went. Everywhere we. Oh, you're a scotcher, or what? You're a skipper. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. Deep in my belly. Down all the way down. Down in my belly. Yum, yum, yum. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. <gasps> okay. I Well, I'm trying to think, like, what could be the hippest or, like, the most incognito? Hopscotch would definitely be hipper. You think? Yeah, because you could, like, make it a dance move. But Skip you is like, like, uh, uh, uh. Right. Bounce, bounce, bounce. <laughs> Two and one. One, one, one. <laughs> I think I would go just... From the lazy perspective, I would go skip. You'd skip? Yeah. I think I would. Because then I could, like, if somebody, if there was, like, a really hot person and I didn't want to look like an idiot, I could kind of, like, do a little, like, a slow little like, skip. <laughs> you could slow scotch to him, too, you know? <laughs> slow scotch? <laughs> yeah. Or slow skip? <laughs> just going to do a slow skip here. Oh my god. Ooh, moving on. And moving on. Let's talk about the fucking stories we tell. <laughs> this is too much. You crack me up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Game face. Game face. But yeah, we would love to hear what you would rather, which we always talk about in the after hours group. So be sure to swing by and let us know what you would rather. I post it every Monday. Okay. So let's look at four different ways that we make up disempowering stories mm. and what to do about them. So I want you to, first of all, like I said earlier, I want you to listen for which are the ones that you're like, oh, shit, that's totally me. And then I want you to commit to doing the tool that I give you. Because it's one thing to go, oh, my gosh, damn, that's me, and then do nothing about it, right? Like yes, I want you to totally. actually take at least one of these tools today and commit to implementing it. Let's take action. Another thing that you need to know about storytelling, and this is really interesting, our minds are incredibly creative. We have vast imaginations. And we naturally want to conclude situations. We mm -hmm. like to size them up. Yeah. We like to put people in categories. We like a finite solution. We like the ending of a story. I mean, think about how often we're completely uprooted if we feel like we don't have closure, right? We're right. like, we need closure. We need the end of the story. So it makes a lot of logical sense that we will make it up, we'll make up what somebody else is thinking, we'll make up our worst case scenario that we're worrying about because we want 
to see some sort of conclusion. It's very hard for us to just allow whatever to be will be. That's Mm. very hard for us to wrap our human brains around. In fact, I remember I was listening to an episode of, it was either Hidden Brain or Invisibilia. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. And it was, both of those are produced by NPR. They're amazing podcasts, by the way. And they they, they did one, I think it was Hidden Brain, on categories and how we naturally want to put people in groups. You know, we we're battling that a lot in our social and political climate right now, but there is a natural pull to group people together, to assign a meaning or a story to things. So I offer that to you just to know that we have a natural human inclination to wrap things up. There's a reason why we make up these huge conclusions. We jump to conclusions or we make up a story about what somebody else is thinking. So give yourself a little bit of compassion. It's not unique to you. It's unique to the human experience. Yeah. The first way that we tend to make up a lot of stories is through worrying. Through worry. Okay. Through straight up worry. When we worry, we are making up typically that the worst possible case is going to happen. Hmm. The worst case scenario is going to happen. In psychology, they call it catastrophizing, where we don't know what's going to happen, so we make up a catastrophe. We think the worst thing is going to happen. It's usually the thing we fear the most, you know, like if we're not able to pay our mortgage, we will rack our brain feeling so incredibly worried about the thing we don't want to happen, which would be what? To be delinquent, to lose the house, to be homeless. Right. And so our mind will naturally grab onto that. And all of a sudden you're destitute and you can see yourself walking along the streets, panhandling and, you know, living on the river. That's right. We've made this incredible story that has really no root in reality. It's just wildly imaginative. Yeah. One of the things, this is kind of a little side note, but when I notice myself doing that, where I've made up this incredibly hyperbolic, you know, narrative, I will applaud myself and go, damn, Smitty, that was creative. Way to go. Way to go. And I will applaud my ingenuity, my imaginative sense, because that's that's a beautiful thing about us. I don't want to ever lose my ability to imagine and to be tapped into that. I just want to use it for a greater good, which we're going to talk about that in a second. Beautiful. There's a, an amazing quote by Sophocles. I was watching a really cool documentary about some amazing pioneers of the ancient world. And they were documenting Sophocles, who is a playwright, but also a major philosopher of the the time of the ancient world. And he has a quote where he said, I have no desire to suffer twice in reality and then in retrospect. And I loved that. It was so poignant to me about worry. If you think about the energy we expend, right? Worrying is just energy. It is mental bandwidth, mental real estate that it's taking up. Let's take that scenario. If we're not going to be able to pay the mortgage, are we going to suffer that entire time? Like worry, 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 worry all about that suffering and then get to the day, not be able to pay the mortgage. And then you suffer again. 
it's like if you're not going to pay, if you're not going to be able to make ends meet or if you are going to get dumped or if you're not going to get the role you want or your kid isn't going to get accepted or all Sounds of like those things, <laughs> if all of those things do end up coming to fruition, you might as well enjoy your journey getting there because here's the problem with worry. It doesn't help prepare you. No. It's a false sense of security. We think that we're, quote, not getting our hopes up. And what you're doing, my friend, is fucking suffering unnecessarily. Wow. My job. And you are misguiding precious currency, which is your energy. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want you to do if you tend to get sucked into that worry spiral. Get your pens out. Get your pens out. I want you to start focusing that energy on what you do want to happen instead of what you don't want. Preach. Two kind of places to look here. You can just simply visualize and shift that focus. So for instance, if we're taking that exact same scenario, I would picture myself writing out my mortgage check or the rent check or whatever it is or paying whatever bill, you know, imagining Somebody sending a check in the mail unplanned and you get it and you're like, oh my God, or somebody gifted you money, like an ancestor died or something like that. And you all of a sudden- An ancestor died? (laughs) Wait, (laughs) wait, what is it? Why am I blanking on it? It's not an ancestor. A relative? A relative. (laughs) I love it. I was like, why does that that sound right? A relative. A long lost relative has died. You get a bunch of money. So it's basically focusing on what you do want or that check that you're worried won't come in time for you to pay a certain bill or whatever it might be. Imagine getting it and how excited you would be. And oh my gosh, that's so awesome. If it is something that is legitimately out of your control, it will behoove you to focus your mental energy because that is the only thing you can control. If you cannot force the check to be in your hand and you can't force the money to be in your account. Exactly. (laughs) Then it's about focusing your mental energy. I've given another tool out before and it's called good. What if bad, what if, and this is a way to kind of frame up this idea of focusing on what you do want versus what you don't want. Whatever is going to happen is going to fucking happen, whether you worry about it or not. So you might as well use the laws of the universe and compel your positive thoughts in order to start lining up good things for you. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yes, except yes. gaining some kind of peace of mind is what you have uh, that's what you have to gain versus sure. what you have to lose. Good what if bad what if is essentially noticing when you're going into the bad what if spiral of what if this happens? What if I get rejected? What if I don't get this job? I was just talking to a client about this what if tool. Oh really? It, she was saying that She's in a relationship where she's like, oh, I can't get out of this relationship. And, you know, it's so, you know, toxic, but I'm always going back. And and she's like, what if I'm stuck with this guy for the rest of my life? And what if, uh, whatever. And I was like, what if you meet the man of your dreams? What if you are happy for the rest of your life? Like, What if he's willing to work on it? Right. Well, that's already been established that oh. he's not going to. Oh, got it. Got but, it. but, you know, okay, that's a better what if than what she's doing. Right. So, yeah, this is a great tool. Great tool. Well, and it also doesn't have to be directly related. So, for instance, in that situation, maybe her what if is not all about 
what if this, but what if I gain the confidence? What if this is designed to teach me confidence so that I choose what I will and will not tolerate inside of a relationship? You can switch how your mind is occupied. Yes. The whole point of good what if, bad what if is that you start occupying your mind with a better scenario or something that feels better to you. And you can make it extremely fantastic and elaborate over the top, or you can make it really realistic, you know? So for I just instance, think it needs to feel good. Exactly. Right? That's really the key to the what if tool. And with worry in particular, good what if is just designed to be a mental distraction. Mm. Because a lot of times when we're in that worry spiral, especially if you're anxiety prone, it can be mind obsessing to focus on the negative. And if you can be like, here, mind, think about this instead. Make up a different story instead and just go into what if all of these amazing things happen? Yeah. What if I magically get a check in the mail? Or what if everything works out perfectly and I get paid exactly as I'm supposed to? It's in my account. You know, it can be very realistic or it can be a gift from an ancestor. I (laughs) (laughs) I just won the lottery. Exactly. One of my ancestors left me a winning lottery. <laughs> my ancestors. <laughs> this is from antiquity. Oh my gosh. You're on Socrates, so I guess. I know. I was going down the Sophocles route. A Sophocles, yeah. Okay. Number two, a way in which we really attach to our story. And I actually go into this a lot in in a getting the getting started bonus audio that everybody gets when they sign up for excuse me. Your Badass is Showing Self-Love edition. That In that Getting Started audio, I go into this whole thing about stories, the stories we've mm-hmm. created. And one of those ways in which we do that is through our identity. And this is kind of what I was talking about earlier with relation to our past and the things we haven't forgiven ourselves for. We attach to certain things from our past or from our identity. And we say, like, I always mess up relationships. Oh, yeah. And therefore, Mm -hmm. we create a story about who we are inside our relationships. Or we say identity identifiers like, I am a people pleaser. So we've created this story about who we are. And that oftentimes, when it's very finite like that, like an absolute, like I am this it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because mm-hmm. if you continue to nurture that, you will always be a people pleaser. And yeah, the, that's what you tell yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And the story that's happening there is that there is no other way, that that we are only going to be this. We're only going to be the control freak. Or I had a huge one around a belief that I am not capable of managing money. I am not good at managing money. Right. And that became a story that I had related to my financial world that was totally not true, completely not true. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want you to start asking yourself as you hear these different pieces of your identity saying like, well, I just don't like this or I like that or I am a perfectionist or I just can't deal with this. I want you to just stop in those moments and ask Is this an identifier that is powerful for me? Do I like calling myself a control freak or a perfectionist or a people pleaser? There might be certain things you identify with, like 
being a sports fan or being outdoorsy where it is powerful. It's a powerful identifier for you. I would identify myself as being very confident, as being a liberal, as having controlling tendencies. So in those moments, I don't like to say I'm a control freak. I don't want to claim that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to live into that story. That's what you have to sort of analyze. The things that you would claim as pieces of your identity, are they powerful for you? Because that mm-hmm. dictates your the entire story you tell. Absolutely. It's huge in relationships because we make up assumptions that, you know, we're damaged goods, let's say, if we've been divorced or if we have children and we're dating again. And then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So check in with any identifiers with yourself and ask, is this an empowering way to identify myself or not? And then if it's not, Come up with a new way to identify yourself. For for me, with relation to to the story of I'm not able to my, manage my money, I just completely flipped that on its head and said, I am absolutely capable of managing my money. Yeah. Because I started seeing all these ways that I was, yeah, that I was right. phenomenal at it. And I'm like, I need to stop telling that same sad story. It's not true. It's just simply fucking not true. And I do see this a lot too with students and clients who, you know, like in Excuse Me Self Love, we go through a whole people-pleasing and comparison piece. And one of the things that I'm always talking to people about is you need to acknowledge the steps that you have taken. Because I will still see people who have stood up to their bosses or they've asked for what they needed from their spouse. And then they still will say, I'm a people-pleaser. And I'm like, knock it the fuck off. You are not. You right. are not. You just gave me all of these examples. Stop holding on to that story like it's true. Totally. I have clients that do that with their bodies too, physically. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I'm a weak person. And I'm like, look at how strong you've gotten. Right. You know, like strength-wise. There. Exactly. That is a, it, it's the exact same thing in personal development. We always want to focus on where we are not instead of looking at all of the amazing things we have accomplished. Yeah, true. So keep a close eye on that. Number three, huge. This is probably one of the most pervasive ways that we make up stories is we make up how somebody else feels or thinks. Oh, totally. We have a conversation with somebody at work. We leave we replay it over and over again and we make up a whole thing totally about what they think and what they're trying to do and what their intentions are and their ttt so true i'll give you guys a great example a few weeks ago we were we were doing a bunch of remodeling and stuff in our home right getting ready to sell well i do all of my workouts in our living room and at the time there was a bunch of shit from our patio stacked up inside of our living room. So I do these really awesome yoga videos, right? And so I call them my dates with Dylan because it's this guy, Dylan, who I follow and I love it. So Mr. Smith had asked me, hey, are you still doing your dates with Dylan? And I took it as I started making up this huge story. Mr. Smith thinks that I'm getting lazy, that I'm not doing my workouts. He thinks that I don't look as thin or as trim or he's going to be – you know, I make up this whole story about yep. what he's thinking. Totally, totally. So, of course, as I like to practice what I preach, I went to him and I said, here's what I made up. I made up that when you asked me, hey, are you still doing your dates with Dylan, that you were concerned that I'm letting my body go or something like that. And, and what, what did, did you – 
What did you say? Tell him. I said, no, I just wanted to make sure that that stuff wasn't in your way, that you had enough room to actually get down there and do it. (laughs) (laughs) So here I had fabricated this entire narrative that was completely inaccurate based off of what somebody else felt that was totally untrue. And ultimately, it really doesn't matter whether it's true or not. It's a, it's a waste of our fucking time because we're not responsible for those people. Come to find out, you were just saying it out of courtesy. Like, do I need to move the stuff that I've stockpiled in the living room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To help you. It was a total courtesy kindness. And I took it like a slam. And thank God, I nipped it right then and said, hey, I just need to say this because this is how it landed. And then- I love how we communicate. And then it was, that. then it was nothing. Then right. it was done. It was over. It was like, and we even said, I'm like, thank God we can just say what's up because. That could have been a whole thing. Because then. It would have blown up later. And some it would have blown event, up later. You know. Because the chronology is usually this. I start stockpiling evidence like, oh, well, I know what he thinks. He thinks I'm gaining weight or I'm looking chubby or he doesn't, he's not attracted to me or whatever. And then I start gathering other evidence. I try to interpret other things. Mm-hmm. So if I ask you if an outfit looks good and you don't like it, I start tallying up, well, he doesn't like it because he thinks I look fat and he's not attracted to me anymore. And then you – so you start interpreting other events under the same storyline. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time in work yep. relationships because we make up something about what somebody else thinks or feels and we never address it with them. And then the same shit happens and we make it follow the same storyline. Well, that's because they always micromanage me. And maybe this whole time they just thought they were being incredibly supportive and giving you every possible tool and thing you needed. Right. But here you've been building this story that they micromanage <laughs> or they don't think you're competent. Yeah. And all you got to do is talk about it. You just have to voice this shit. This is my favorite tool for any time you are making this up. Now, if you are working with a partner like this, like the situation I shared with Mr. Smith, I highly suggest you say, hey, I think I just made something up completely. Can I run something by you? Or here, when you said this, I totally made this up. Am I even on to something? And give them at least the opportunity to say yes or no, right? Right. If you're not dealing with somebody and it's something that you're dealing with kind of internally, I want you to go through these questions. I want you to ask yourself, first of all, what are the facts of the scenario? Okay. So for me, the facts would be, Mr. Smith asked me, are you still doing your dates with Dylan? That is the only fact I have. He simply asked me that. Then the next question is, what am I making up? What did I take from the facts and then create this massive story. What am I making well, that up? that must mean, yeah. Exactly. And then your final question would be, do I need to do anything about it? Do I need to go voice it to somebody? Do I need to, you know, have a, a heart to heart? Punch them in the face for- <laughs> Sock them. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And, you know, it's really interesting. In Excuse Me Self-Love, which is what I usually call it to shorten it, we go through a whole five-step process to dealing with rejection and criticism Perfect, because that's one of the ways we people please. If we're rejected, if somebody criticizes us, we typically try to do anything we can to make them like us. Mm-hmm. And so we look at all of this stuff. And I also have another tool that I share that helps completely break up attachment to what other people think. So these sorts of scenarios we're covering in class for an entire week. Great. 
which I think could be really advantageous for you if you struggle with these stories, you know, and making things up. That's the whole point of week one is around mind games. What are these things that we do over and over again? Because they're the habits that we need to jar and change and shift the trajectory of where they're going. And the reason why this fucking matters, you guys, the reason why any of this shit even matters is because when you speak to yourself in a kind way, when you have let go of people-pleasing, when you're not absorbed with comparison to everybody else, when you're not destroyed by rejection and criticism, when you have that personal power, there is no fucking limit to what you can achieve. You can end toxic relationships. You can get back into the dating scene again. You can get into the, the health and fitness that you're looking for. You can start that business you've been dying to start. You can do anything. If you look at people who have the life they want and they're actually happy, it's because they have a healthy relationship with themselves. It's not magic. It's not that they have some sort of secret sauce. It's about untangling the internal pieces that really allow you to thrive. So if you are interested this week, get in by Wednesday so you can grab that extra forgiveness bonus. I've had a few students who've gone through it and they're like, holy shit, this is a game changer in letting go of my past. So nice. if you want that extra bonus, get in by this Wednesday, the 20th. You can find everything over at thejoyjunkie.com slash excuse me. All right. So the first way, worrying. And the way you're going to deal with that worry is play good what if, bad what if. Watch your identity. That's the second way we tend to make up stories. What are you making up about who you are? And start asking if that's really true, if that's mm-hmm. something you want to attach to. Okay. Third way, watch what you're making up about what other people think and feel. Yes. And you go through these questions. What are the facts? What am I making up about the facts? And then do, do I need to do anything? Mm-hmm. The fourth and final way, and this is a lot around your semantics or the vocab words that you use, is through using absolutes. And I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but it's it's when we say something is very definitive, where we say, I have to do this, I should, I always, I never, I only can do this, or there's no other way. Okay. What we usually do there is we're saying, this is the only way the story can unfold. This is the only way I can operate. I have to micromanage. I have to control. I have to people please. I have to say yes to my boss to work late. Or I have to bake those damn cupcakes for my my kid's school. Or (laughs) I have to chaperone for their field trip. Or I have to be a part of PTA. Or I could never tell my husband that. That is leaning into a story that is wildly disempowering because you've given yourself zero options. If you find yourself doing any of those concrete definitive absolutes, I have to, I should, there's no other option, no other way, I want you to stop and ask yourself, what are my other options that I am shutting down right now or that I'm not entertaining? Okay. What are my other options? A lot of times they are to flex the notion of saying no to somebody. You know, we will make up like I could never tell him. No, 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 you can you absolutely What's can. What's the difference between the what-if tool and that? Okay, that's a great question. Well, the what-if tool is more about when you're going into worst-case scenario. 
Okay, so your mental spin, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Got and it. giving yourself, giving your brain something else to occupy itself. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. In the absolutes, these are more like rules. And actually in, I think it's in week one of Excuse Me Self-Love, we go into all of this and you will identify all of the different rules that you make. And I give you a bunch of tools for that because we make up things like I have to wear makeup when I go to the gym or I have to look a certain way when I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what are your other options? You know, like that's a story. That's a rule. You don't have to live into that if you don't want to. What are your other options? Well, I could actually just work out at home. I could wear I could, a hat. I could wear a hat. I could, you know, that's a nice solution for dudes. The, for women, you know, if it's around your makeup or things like that, you have other options. We've just chosen to live into that story. Same thing, like I could never tell my husband how I really feel about wanting to leave my job or going back to school. Yeah. That's a story. That's not true. It's not true that you can't. You could. You yeah. can. You're choosing not to. You won't or you don't. Exactly. It's a won't. I want you to start asking yourself, what are my other options? What are the other possible endings to this story? Because most of the time when you're stuck in those absolutes, like I have to, I can't, I would never, you are also enveloped by a shit ton of anxiety and stress and overwhelm. Those are disempowering words too. Exactly. Yeah. They don't feel good. It will be worth it to you and it would be beneficial to you to stop and look at, wait a minute, do I always say that? Do I never can't I or mm-hmm. will I or won't I? I believe that that is everything that I've got for you guys this week. Watch out for that worrying, how you identify yourself, the stories you make up about other people, and any absolutes that you use to identify your current situation. And again, if you want to take a deeper dive into this and you need some accountability and some structure and want to do it with other people who are in the exact same boat as you, I really encourage you to check out Excuse Me. Uh, your badass is showing self-love because it is, it really can be so transformative in just such a short period of time when you're committed. Three weeks. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's do this. So I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to add? No, I think, uh, I think you've said it all. Okay. Some good mic drop moments in this episode for sure. Well, thank you, Mr. Smith. I really appreciate it. Great tools. I really, really appreciate it. Such a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Mm.